looking for another technique of meditation, you know, like a super turbocharged tantric meditation or something. And uh, she says, why not, instead of looking for another technique of meditation, why not ask who's the meditator? Yeah. And uh, that was the first time my mind's uh, 
attention was turned around and started looking back at from whence it came. And that became the last answer that I've heard. Uh, it was like an unspoken yes. I heard it, and uh, I was sitting in the room, and the lady was talking, and uh, something happened, and I realized I was looking at mental states arising, but I thought it was me that was looking at it. Then I realized it was a mental state looking at the other mental states. And that set me off, because it's like when two mirrors are put together, you can see it infinitely. Yeah, That's exactly what it was like. Self can never get out of self. A mental state is never going to be get get out of a mental state, and so there. So my lens had been affixed or in a certain position of locked in like this, and I thought that's the way I could see. Suddenly, she said this, and my lens went boom, 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 boom. And the funny thing is, is when the lens opens up, it there's a certain movement that goes along with it. It opens up like this, but then you move in front of it. Yeah what you're taking yourself to be. It's not like it opens up like this and you're still stably the so, you know, the subject, but it opens up and you get included in what it's seeing. Yeah? When that happens, it's like a, it's like a, that unspoken yes. Yeah? And then you see that there's no way that the you is ever going to be behind the camera. Yeah? It's always going to appear in the content. What's, what is arising, I am not. And that's the solution. So, uh, and that became the last answer. I don't know what happened, but uh, I lost all interest in the need to be liberated, which was fucking great. <laughs> I'm telling you, because <laughs> I mean, the last first year I came here, I share in that I felt like I was allergic to spiritual seeking. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'd like to start a 12-step program about spiritual seeking. <laughs> Seekers Anonymous, so that people could get some help, because, I mean, you're not going to get pulled over for a DUI or go to a 28-day rehab. You're on your own with spiritual seeking, man, and it is nasty. <laughs> I, for me, when... If, Washing the dishes is a more, if meditation is more important than washing the dishes, you're screwed. Yeah? Because as soon as the mind, like in the Course in Miracles says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has, that's the axiom that's happening right now, and always will happen in the apparatus. You and I, this apparatus is giving everything all the meaning it has, yes? So, when I saw, when I got introduced to spirituality, I was about 18 years old. I was come back from a, a, a Catholic background, and I met my uh, an Indian guru when I was 17 or 18. Now I had no experience in this life about what a spiritual guru was or what it would be like to be a devotee or a meditator. Yet as soon as I met the topic, I had thousands and thousands of ideas of how he should be, how I should be, how you should be, what's the whole point of it, and all like this. And the trippy thing is, he was introduced to me as the Lord of the Universe. (laughs) Now... In my head, the Lord of the Universe has a pretty big meaning. (laughs) Like, it's a really big meaning. And there I was with the Lord of the Universe, and I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. (laughs) So, you cannot believe what that made me for about five years. My mind had a field day, me not liking the Lord of the Universe. I mean, it's like worse than hell. (laughs) So, you see that... 
all these ideas are just latently sitting there. The mental, the mental realm is chock full of old ideas and concepts, yes, and beliefs. And as soon as a topic or something gets engaged with, that topic gets engaged with as you as the subject, that subject is the bridge for all those conditionings to activate. So in other words, when a thought comes, the thought isn't bringing me the meaning, it's the my my taking myself to be the thinker or to be the sub or the object of the thought that's giving it all the meaning. Yes? The way I view the thought is the thought's bringing me a meaning, but in fact, that's not what's happening. When the meaning's already in place, that every thought is mine, that I'm the thinker of it, that's what's injecting all the meaning. So all of this conditioning that's just there as a potential downloads into your life. And then you're in the you're in the experience as being the reaction to that. Yeah, this is called an interpretation. <coughs> it's like if it took me a second to sit here and get ready, I've already missed it. Yeah. If I have to prepare, it's like some people that used to uh, who speak in corporate situations. They have a get ready, get set, go room. Yeah. So first they get in the get ready room and they read up and everything like this. Then they get set to go and then they go onto the stage. You're way off. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no get ready, get set, go. It's already on. There's no point where it's ever been off. There's nothing that's ever going to turn it on. All this is happening is never going to not happen. There's just going to be happening, 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 happening. Yeah. So in a sense... The idea of the mental process, to make some sense of this, it sticks a flagpole in all this verbing and, de- and claims it to be the noun. So instead of having the sense of actually consciousness in contact through the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and smelling, it becomes you're the one who's in contact. So the mental process I like to call selfing, and that's what it is. An obsession with self isn't a verb over a noun. It's a verb. The mind is obsessing with self is a total verb. There's no noun called self to obsess with. The obsession with self produces the sense of a noun. Yeah? The verb produces the sense of a noun. There's not a verb and noun going on. When there's the verb and the noun, the noun wants to get relief from the verb, that's more of it. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. The whole point, the only way to get out of self is to realize you were never in it. It's the only way that works. The only way that works to get out of an imaginary problem is to realize it's an imaginary problem. So it appears to be so, but it's not so. And for it to appear to be so, it has to appear to be so to to a someone, to a you, to a mind that's in the ignorance of misidentification. At that point, false evidence appears real to that mind. And then we live accordingly. And that the living accordingly to that is a pure fucking mental interpretation. And so there's a lack, you're not satisfied, you're not in the Alain Vital of life, so an irritability, restlessness, and discontent comes over you. You don't realize the first addiction is the mind's addiction to the idea of being a self, and therefore you seek relief from that first addiction, which spawns all the other addictions in life. Yeah. Every time I shot drugs, I was trying to get relief from self. Every fucking time. Yeah. The point is, selfing can never fulfill its desire. Selfing can never become a self. You are are of a nature, not of thingness. 
So no matter how much the mental process claims you to be a thing, thinks about you as a thing, wants you to be a thing, it cannot bring that about. So its desire is thwarted, which causes a need to get relief from that thwarted desire, which is all the other addictions. So if you really want relief from this and that, just see what's the first knot. If you can find the first knot and recognize that knot may not be you, that knot has a string that goes through all the other knots. If you release this first knot, it affects all the other knots. If you try to release the knot of relationships, you may get a little relief, but it usually ties up again. And it doesn't affect the knots, let's say, of financial security or something else or health next to it. But if you get to the first knot and you, there's, that loosens up, the relief of that reverberates through your life. Yeah? You start stabilizing in a, in a condition called traveling lighter. Yeah? And then one of the greatest things is you may lose the need to be liberated. Oh, what a relief. You, know? you lose the drive or the need to be liberated. There is no need to be liberated from what you are. So now instead of reading like uh, spiritual books, I read the Yankee blogs. You know what I mean? I participate on very mundane stuff because it's what's participating, not what you're doing. The mind that's participating is bright as hell. It doesn't matter if it's shining on a scripture or on the, or on the sports page. It's the same brightness. Yeah. So... Um, We just had the talk on the yard outside, actually. (laughs) So for me, it was more like... um, It wasn't good for me to hear about the truth, in a sense. It was much better to question who was hearing about the truth. It was sort of like that thing, if I say, hey, you're a lion, let's say, and you may hear the sound, and it sounds pretty good. So you hear the message, you're a lion, it's coming at you. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. But it goes into your ear, and suddenly it's translated into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message, yes? So it's what's more important than the message is the ear that's hearing it. So if the identification as self is established, it's sort of like being on a game board. You're already on square five, yeah? And square five may want to turn around and try to get back to square zero, yes? But what's going to be emphasized in every move isn't square zero, but square five. It's called obsession with self, yes? But if you're not square five, what will happen is you'll get a sense you're square zero. And then when you find yourself on square eight and you're not square eight, you'll get a sense you're square zero. And then when you're on square 20 and you realize you're not square 20, you'll get a sense of square zero. No matter how many squares you think you are getting in and out of, the sense of relief will be the exact same. It'll always be the same square. Yeah? So it's not... The thing is, the emphasis goes off of what you're seeing and goes on the scene. Just a little bit of a calibration, but when it geometrically progresses in manifestation, you're going to be traveling a whole lot lighter. It's going to be the experience you have, yeah? So in a sense, I feel like I am the seeing of what I'm not, basically, all day. So if I need a reminder, I'm always being reminded by the seeing of what I'm not, yeah? I don't need to go somewhere to be reminded of what I am as a, some idea because I get more out of seeing what I'm not. Yeah? Because the emphasis is on the seeing of it. Not the seer. None of the seeing ever, ever produces a seer. That's just the logic of the conditional mind 
that sees seeing and always assumes that there must be a seer, or it sees an action and always thinks there must have been a doer of the action. And if it wasn't you and me, it would be God. There'll always be some kind of subject, some kind of noun that did something. When all this thing is verbing, yeah, there's just doing, there's just having, there's just feeling, there's just seeing, there's just tasting, there's just touching, there's just smelling, yeah. Like Buddha said, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. But the mental process interprets it as the emphasis goes on the seer and the seen, doesn't it? You forget, you don't sense the seen. You don't sense the beingness of life. You sense the topic and the, and the noun of the topic, yes? It's the emphasis on me and you as seer and seen de-emphasizes the seeing. What would happen is, if I saw I wasn't the seer, what would happen? My interest and attention would leave that and we would go somewhere. I bet you it's going to go on the scene. And that same interest and attention, when obsessed with the idea of being Paul, is driving you a crazy night. That same interest and attention, when freed from that, will enrich your life as you're living. It's just a simple shift. So it's a simple, simple statement. When you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. That's conscious contact. That's how you know consciousness here. It's through its activity of being in contact with things, yeah? You get a sense of it. As soon as it becomes I'm conscious, then the possibility of me being unconscious becomes prevalent here. And there's tons of stories right in this room about consciousness taking itself to have an ability to become unconscious, which to me is an impossibility. Consciousness is, is, is not participating in a dualistic experience. Yeah? It's the context of the dualistic experience. There's no place you can be unconscious and more conscious. That's just an activity of a mental process, making something that isn't so seem to be so. Yeah? And then that's that, really. And then things go on. You know? Then maybe you'll find your seat assignment. And it was probably the seat you were in already. And no seat is, doesn't have an engraved name on it. You're going to get up sooner or later. <laughs> the music always goes on, and then you have to walk around until it stops, and you say, oh, here I am again. My new job. So. I was going to try to stop doing the talks, but I was doing a paint job. I used to be a house painter, and I guess I've lost total interest in it because I got fired. So I had to fall back on my second career. <laughs> I'm not even a good house painter anymore. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> That's when I said yes. <laughs> I think I'll go to North Carolina. <laughs> Maybe I can rev up my uh, career again. It's a very bad career choice, I'm telling you. Because I should be obsolete to you, really. If I did my job well here, I should be obsolete. Yeah. There'll be a point where you don't need any pointers, hopefully, quickly. 
So my, this is a very bad career choice because it, it's, it, it's built to fail. I'm actually a success when no one comes. So I'm, looking, I'm looking really successful lately. No one's coming anymore. Hallelujah. Oh, it's true. And sooner or later, you've got to be a light unto yourself, like Buddha supposedly said near the end of his life. Yeah? Everything else is artificial light. It's actually your own light just being reflected on something or someone else. And you're getting, you know, you're getting fooled. Instead of realizing you're the source of the light, you think they are. And like an old Zen master said, you can't lose, use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. Yeah. It may work to do and have yourself into a job here and do and have yourself into, a, into that new apartment and do and you have yourself, but it doesn't work when it comes to being what you are. Doing and having, isn't, that's, there's no approach to being what you are. There's just a recognition, for me, a recognition of what I'm not. Because if, if I'm sitting here, let's say this, this is a bottle. Yeah, very simple. I can change its meaning incredibly by calling it my bottle. Yeah? As soon as it's called my bottle, this bottle is used to signify the owner of the bottle. As soon as I call a thought my thought, that thought is, signifies the, the thinker. Yeah? Problem, my problem, signifies the one who has the problem. The problem is secondary. It's what it's being used for. Everything here is being claimed. Everything brought about, every contact brought about by consciousness is being claimed by the mental process to be used to be a pointer to the the phantom, to the false subject. And it's because it's incessantly doing it, it can appear to be so. If there was a big pause, you would see it clearly. It wouldn't take any time whatsoever. When the activity of selfing gets stunned into stopping, there's the freedom right there and then. It is a timeless quality. There's nothing to do, there's nothing to have, and there's nowhere to go, and it doesn't take any time to get there. The pause is an eternal moment, yeah? Boom. The the conditional mind freezes up, and the raw mind is noticed, yeah? The jig is up. It's finished. That's why the selfing has to... It's try, It's attempting to bond, let's say, nothingness with a thingness. Yeah? It's trying to place the subjectivity as an activity of the object. It's an unholy bonding. Yeah? The glue has to be applied almost every moment in time or it will be seen not to be so. That's why we have 70,000 thoughts a day. When I was house painting, I maybe used 15 thoughts to do a job. You know, Every room I walked in usually never surprised me. There was four walls and a ceiling. I knew where the paint was. I had a thought about going to lunch. I definitely had a couple of thoughts about when am I going to leave? You know, I want to get out of there. But maybe 15 thoughts to navigate the whole day of work. What were the 69,985 thoughts doing? They were being used to point, like arthritic limbs pointing to a phantom. And all it takes is the pointing, and the conditional mind makes the leap. Yeah? There's a doing, there's a doer. Thinking, thinker. Feeling, feeler. Seeing, seer. Hearing, hearer. Yeah? It's the greatest heist of all. There's life, conscious contact, the alarm vital of being alive, and suddenly a mental process claims it deadens it, neuters it, yes? And now it's all about you.
If, they, if it's true what they say, that there's this eye looking out of every one of our heads, and my experience is I see this as a you, yeah? I see a lot of yous in here. And every one of you would see me as a you, yeah? Yet, when you're, the sense of that would be an I, the I would be seeing this as a you, the I from here would be seeing that as a you, yeah? So there's one I seeing tons of yous. So here I am, if 800 yous came in here, they'd still have an experience when they were looking at me that I was the you, yeah? 3,000, 8,000, 20,000, doesn't matter. Not one person would think it was me when they said it, yeah? They would always have a very distinct difference. All right, that's you, and there would be the me, yeah? But the me is the mental apparition, yeah? It's, it's, it's piggybacking on the heart, on the eye, yeah? It's piggybacking on the conscious contact, but claiming to be the one who's in conscious contact. So instead of seeing myself as a you, I see all of you as yous, but this you's called me. <laughs> it's got the crown glory of being the center of my universe. Yes? And it's all I'm going to think about. Yeah. I remember when I went into this drug program, I spent two years in it, Delancey Street. Two years I had to live in it. Didn't have to, it was, it was necessary. And uh, I left them, and after two years, I didn't really like being there, and I wanted to get out quickly. When I got out, I graduated. I had to, I, you know, I didn't like them. I didn't like their principles. I didn't like the, uh, the lady who ran it. But I had to admit begrudgingly that my life looked better with them running it than it ever did with me running it. Because they weren't confused. When they saw this, they saw it as a you, a junkie alcoholic. While they were seeing me as a you, I was claiming that to be me. I'm very special. They don't understand how different I am. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is the whole dilemma. If you could see the me as a you, you'd be a whole lot better off. Yeah. And the beautiful way, if you could see the you and the me as the I, which is the case, you'd be a whole lot better off. You would be traveling lighter. Yeah? Because the weight isn't being a me. That's where the weight is. And you'll know the re- you'll know the solution by the relief from the problem. When the problem is dropped, you'll know the, so- the solution tells you about the problem. Yeah? <clears throat> and the selfing will rise and attempt to claim the conscious contact. But in fact... There's no way you can get around it that you have the quality of being able to see. Yeah? You are the context of whatever is arising. What, what is seeing can't be seen. What is hearing can't be heard. What's feeling can't be felt. Yeah? What sense smelling can't be smelled. That thing that can't be touched, yeah? that, that is the context. Everything else, everything else is arising in it. Yeah? You see everything, or even if you just see one thing, that's the principle of seeing everything. Yeah? If you see one thought, you are not of that. Yeah? If you see one feeling, you're not of that. If you see one thing, you're not of that. Yeah? It's like if you have one drop, some people say you can see the whole ocean in one drop. You don't need 8,000 examples. One, one sometimes will do. You'll get it like that, like somebody was speaking today. It won't even be a matter of getting it. Yeah? It's quicker than that. It's timeless. There's no 
there's no process because it's not of time. So when people share, oh, it just happened, like, instantaneously, that's as close as they can get to describing a timeless solution. Yeah? Because it doesn't have any remnants or any, any taint of time whatsoever. So in a sense, alcoholism to me was like an extreme version of self-centeredness. It painted with a, a broader brush so you could see it. Yeah? And I used to think I was really motivated to speak at AA meetings, but when I started coming to like these types of meetings, I felt like, you know, you're all fine, basically, you know? Why don't you just go help somebody else? I still think that's the best advice. A lot of times we're too obsessed with getting better. We should see if someone else is getting better. You know? It may help us more. So a lot of times I would tell people that come to meetings, I say, I don't think you should come back this afternoon. Why not just go to a soup kitchen? Don't help someone you know. Help someone who's a stranger. I bet you you'll feel a lot better than coming to this meeting or reading another book. Yeah? I mean, how many self-help books have you read? Have you ever read a complete one? Have you ever finished one? Usually you put it down after a few chapters, yeah? Yeah. Any questions today? No? Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad. practice doing that. Do you believe you can actually get there by doing that? Or is this something that just happens and you can't do anything about it? It doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what you believe, really. (coughs) If you really feel like you need to do a practice, you better be doing it. You know? If you really think you need to do something, it's probably wise to do it. In other words, like in The Course in Miracles, they talk about levels, yeah? So let's say on one level, your house is on fire. Yeah? And then you want to go to a level, let's say another level that says there is no house. But your arm's burning. So it's much better to find a pail of water, yeah, than to try to apply this level answer, there is no house and there's no me, because you're fucking burning. Yeah? So to be clear about where you're at, or where you seem to be at, there's no one there but where the mind is at, and then be appropriate. This is flexible. There's no rigidity to it. You're more, it's more of like an, an economical paring down. You're much more flexible. You can spin around on a dime because you're not fixated on any position to be right or wrong. Yeah. 
So if your house is on fire, let's a lot of people come. They want to. They don't want to do the twelve steps. They want to, you know, go right to there is no alcoholic. <laughs> it doesn't work out well for them, <laughs> or for the other people that know they're an alcoholic. <laughs> but I met a lot of people in Buddhism that they're still alcoholic Buddhists. Yeah, they try to do Buddhism to get out of alcoholism. Alcoholism is a mental disease. Yeah. Just like if I had diabetes, if I was awake, would I stop shooting up insulin? Yeah. My body wouldn't go into shock if I didn't take the insulin. The same thing, alcoholism, you can't see alcoholism. You can see its effects, maybe, on the liver and the organs, but you don't find it in an x-ray. Yeah? It's a mental disease. It's like a parasite. That's what I think selfing is like. I think selfing is a parasite, like a mental, it has a parasitical tendency. It's like a mental process that claims what's not its, you know? So, and especially the biggest claim is that it claims to be the one who's conscious. Instead of recognizing all there is is the consciousness, yeah? Instead, it wants to place itself in that position. And then claiming that, what happens is, What's always so gets forgotten and false evidence starts appearing real. So what's always so is totally forgotten and yet false evidence cons- consistently seems to appear real. Yeah? It's just follow back. See if you can get to the point where there's anyone behind the scene. Yeah? <coughs> Seeing is more like is a verb. It's a manifestation of consciousness here. It's seeing. It's in the act of seeing. Yeah? That's it. As soon as it's it's like this. Here's the seeing going on. Here's life's not happening to you, it's just happening. It's a beautiful way to travel. Once once it becomes life's happening to you, that you now gives it all the meaning it has. It gives everything a direction. Everything's either I, that I want isn't happening to me or what I don't want is happening to me. Everything changes as soon as there's that fixed reference point, you. Everything changes. It's sort of like water, and water's just moving, and suddenly you put a rock in the water, and now the currents of the water change, because now they start going around the rock, yeah? And they produce these currents, and some of the currents become stagnant, and then things that are flowing around the river, down the river, now start going around the rock and get caught there, yeah? And everything gets all clogged up, and now you can't even see the surface of the water. There's no reflection, yeah? Your mind isn't, isn't able to reflect anything. All it is is seeing what's covering the surface, yeah? Now, you can have a huge story about, I want to get those leaves away from me, this and that, but in fact, you're the, you're, that rock is the gravitational pull for all that to occur. What would happen if you took the rock out? How long do you think it would take for the water to change its current? Yeah. How long do you think it would take it? As soon as you took the obstruction out, it would naturally go a certain way. It would follow the way. But the obstruction, here we are, it's sort of like putting something in there and then barnacles make a home in it and now you're trying to pull the barnacles out and they're already anchored in. If the barnacles don't have anything to attach to, they can't fixate. They can't find a home. Yeah, That's the whole point about recognizing you're not the subject. If you're not the subject, then everything is a verb. 
Everything is moving. Everything has a flow. There's no stagnation. There's no place for currents to come around and get stuck and then to form a stagnant pool. Everything is moving. It's called feeling alive. It's the sense of being. And the thing is, the selfing, this desire to become and unbecome, that's its total movement. It's desiring to become something it isn't, and it's usually desiring to unbecome something it thinks it is. It's neither of them. It's not what it thinks it is, and it can't be what it thinks it wants to be. So it's like a slinky. And it has its own momentum. Yeah? Just keeps on going. You try to hold what? Hold it? Yeah, yeah. Now, sense of beingness is complete in and of itself. It's not here to find a climax. It's not here to, to reach a crescendo. It's not here to complete a mission. It's not here to, to uh, culminate an event. It's the, whatever it's doing here, I would say, is more a form of expression than anything else. It's not seeking to achieve. Yeah? It's complete and whole. So here's the mind. It's reflecting selfing. It reflects the agitation of selfing because that's what an unfulfilled desire is, is agitation, yes? So your mind is reflecting agitation constantly and yet you want to have peace. But if you met peace, you'd make it agitated. You would say, well, I have it next week. So now peace, the idea of peace will even provoke more agitation, yes? What would happen is if you weren't relying on this idea of being a self, maybe if you were relying on this sense of being, which is complete already, instead of being self-centered, you would be centered. Yeah? And you'd be centered in something that's already whole and so, so your mind would also reflect its nature, just like it's reflecting the mental process. It's getting agitated by its reflecting the mental process of selfing, and it will actually mimic the peace and the clarity and the spaciousness it reflects when it has free, unfettered mind. Yeah? It's just like everyone in this room has faith. Everybody has faith. Faith finds manifestation here by the vehicle it's put in. So let's say you have faith in the thought system. That thought system that's driving you crazy, the only reason why it can drive you crazy is your faith in it. Yeah? The only, re- the only way what's not happening can produce an effect now is you believing it's going to happen or it did happen. Yes? You and I give it all the meaning it has. Every time. All the time. So here's the mind reflecting the agitation of selfing. Taking it to be that so it can't get its eye off of it. Yeah? What would happen if you entertain, hey, I may not be that. You're going to lose interest in it. Just like if a woman I wanted to have an affair with, which I don't, was in the other room. And uh, I'm afraid to ask her out because I'm really afraid of rejection. So I want to play, you know, play my bet, you know, in a way. So I'm trying to hear what she's saying. So if it's about me, and she says, "Oh, I really like that guy Paul." There's my in, you know. So I'm supposed to be doing this talk, but my interest and attention, because this is more meaningful to the selfing. This is bullshit to selfing. That she's going to save my ass. I'm going to have my kids with her. Yeah, I haven't even talked to her yet, but I'm already married to her. So here I am. My interest and attention is really absorbed in this. And someone notices, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be at this meeting. I go, and I agree with you, but I can't call it off. It's not my interest and attention. I'm not the owner of the interest and attention. When I whistle, they don't come back. Yes? That's the whole freaking point. Trying to stop your thoughts is impossible. They're not yours. 
They're not your thoughts. So, all right, so now someone comes by and puts a book on the table. How to lose interest in a conversation in another room. It's all right. <laughs> page two, I'm on page five, chapter five. I agree, every, I agree totally what it says, but I have no power over where my intention and interest is. It's not mine. It, that's important to my head. That's meaningful. This isn't. Okay, suddenly she says, hey, I really like that guy, Matt. My name is Paul. What happens? <laughs> what happens when I hear it's not about me? I lose interest in it. Don't I? Did I have to work three months to learn how to lose interest in it? The interest just leaves the room and then goes where? I would say find out. Find out where your interest will go. Find out. Once it's relieved of that bondage to that idea of you, find out. I would say that same thing that may be used to, uh, to bond you to this idea of being a self will enrich your life. The same interest and attention, just like the same faith. If I have faith in this failed thought system, I'm going to be producing anxiety. My faith is going to produce anxiety all day. The stronger the faith, the more anxiety. That same faith is put into something else, let's say into, hey, I'm not that. That faith will also produce an effect here, which to me is ease and comfort. Same faith, same faith. It just matters what vehicle it's in. Same attention and interest. It's where your attention and interest is in. And you don't lose attention and interest. You lose it in things, but you do not lose the interest and attention. It's not a quantity. It's not something you can that you have a certain amount of. It's not like, oh, Jesus Christ, i got to stop talking today. I ran out of almost my attention earlier. I was looking at that tree way too long. Yeah. Someone drive me home, yeah? You have tons of interest and attention. And so it's always available, quite a lot of it. You lose it in a thing. You lose interest in the thing. So let's say if you could possibly lose interest in you being a thing, what would happen? Find out. Entertain it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't care about awakening enlightenment. I care about traveling lighter now. I want to be, I want to have an ease right now on Friday night. What night is it? Saturday night. I don't care how it's going to be next week. I want now is the primary importance. Yeah. Because it's obvious everything else isn't happening. So this is the point. And I don't want to put it off any longer. I don't want to have a sense... When you're relying on self, the sense of being okay is put into time. I will be okay or I was okay. And both of them are used to beat the living hell out of you right now. I was okay, why am I now? I will be okay, but probably not. Yeah. But in out of selfing, you're okay. Yeah. Now... And of course, the now isn't based on circumstances and situations, so you're okay. How about starting from there? How about starting a day from there, instead of from I'm not okay? See, what happens? Your idea of wanting to be enlightened may be because you're just fucking dissatisfied. If you were happy and satisfied, you'd probably drop the old like, drive to be enlightened, or whatever it is. Yeah? Because you're not, that's just the name we're giving to some unrest. We think it's a solution or the, 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 the ultimate solution to the unrest. I'll tell you, the ultimate solution is when you don't need a fucking solution to it. Yeah? When you've lost interest sufficiently enough, your whole life isn't based on how you're doing. 
It's it's a shock, I'm telling you, but it's it's really good because it's you know you you're waiting to have an experience of your own absence. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to good be good. You're not going to be there to get it. It really isn't. I mean, the only way you could actually leave the idea of being a self is to entertain it's not you. Because when the sirens of Ulysses start calling you and you look back, you turn into stone again, in a way. If it's not about you, you'll just keep walking. Yeah? The system is parasitical. It's going to pull out all the big guns if it feels like a real threat. If you're searching for something, it's not feeling a real threat. It's when you fucking stop, when you really sit, when you, you pause, then it gets really worried because it knows that's where, that's where its absence is obvious. In the pursuing of, pursuing, in the pursuing of getting away from it, that is a field day to it, yeah? It's like a predator. It has you by you moving away from it. It's not like a predator in a jungle where they grab the neck of the prey and they rip it up. This predator, this parasite, has you by you trying to get out of it. Yeah. By you trying to get out of self, that's being in self, in a sense. If you study how to get out of self for two years, isn't that obsession with self? Hold on one second, right? Yeah. You see it? It's just a loss of interest in that thing. It's not a loss of interest. It's a loss of interest in that thing. You're hearing the selfing, but you're not listening to it anymore. You're hearing it because you're conscious, but you, there's no intent in it anymore. You're not listening to it. The intent has changed. Yes? Yeah. Um, it seems like our location fosters a sense of self, like that we have a location, it seems like Yeah, sure. Location. How do we lose interest in that? I think I just did for the last forty five minutes, but no. <laughs> Maybe entertain it's not you. Yeah. Not deny it. Don't do anything like that. Just throw in a little bit of a suspicion in it that it may not be you. And if it isn't you, you'll lose interest in it. It's, seriously, that's what I found. It worked in my little laboratory of my own life. I don't see it as very unusual. Um, the way self-centeredness is built is it loses interest in things that aren't about it. It's just the way it works. So, if you can use that on self then you'll lose interest in the center of that system and the system will start losing its, its uh, influence, yeah? It'll diminish from the center. When the center drops out, yeah, the whole system changes. So a thought is seen as a thought. It's much easier to travel with a thought than my thought. My thought's a lot heavier, aren't they? It's like we used it last time I was here. Money, put money up there. You look at it. If you don't have money, it has a meaning, right? If you have money, it has a different meaning, doesn't it? With uh, health. If you're not healthy, it has big meaning. Maybe you're healthy, you feel a little better with the word. Then uh, relationships. Now, you weigh them. All right? Money, health, relationships. Now, add one little word and tell me it doesn't change the weight. My money. Yeah? My health. <laughs> Huge. 
My relationships, fucking books are written about it. <laughs> the my is it. The my, the act, it's not, an, you're not identified as self. There's the act of being identified as self. Yeah? And it's not the act of being identified and then as self, it's the act of being identified as self. It's a verb. There's no self. Yeah? There's no self to be identified as, and there's no self to be obsessed over. There's just obsession with self and identification as self. It's one verb. Yeah? When the verb is, is bought by the mind, then the sense of being a noun arises. Yeah? Once the sense of noun, of noun arises, everything is given name and form, everything split into subject, object, and then the world revolves around you. And that's what's driving most of us crazy. Yeah? You can't go to sleep at night because the thoughts are held as yours and they must have a lot of importance. And you're waiting for that one really important thought. You know, it comes at 3.30 in the morning or something. You have to go through 8,000, but one is really going to... It's going to tell me why I'm fucked. <laughs> it's like being a professor of holes, and yet you keep falling in them. What's the point of that knowledge? <laughs> right? Like in recovery, we say, uh, self-knowledge avails you nothing. It sounded weird, because you think knowledge is valuable, but it says self-knowledge avails you nothing. So any knowledge claimed by selfing will avail you nothing in especially in regards to freedom from self. It's not going to happen. It's actually going to increase the bondage while you're attempting to be free. You don't understand that trying to get out of the, the handcuffs tighten them, yeah? When you try to get out of the imaginary handcuffs, they get tighter. And they seem real and real. The more you try to get them out, the more real they seem, don't they? We have a role in it. Mind's giving everything the meaning it has. Yeah? I've had enough of that one system. I lived life underneath that tyranny of self. I remember when I was a kid, I was 11 years old, and I was walking through a hallway at school one day, and a girl said hello to me, a pretty girl, and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. (laughs) My mind just wouldn't let it go. It just went on. It tried to look at it from every point of view it could get to, but all of them were self-centered. So I could only see how it pertained to me, you know? And this was just one of those events out of hundreds of events every day like that. Yeah? You bet. I couldn't wait to get loaded when I was 12 years old. Then I didn't know I was looking for alcohol until I had a drink. Then I knew I was looking for alcohol because I definitely needed fucking relief from this bondage of self. And I did get relief when I got loaded. I didn't care what that girl meant by saying hello to me. I didn't care what my batting average was. It was such a fucking relief, but, uh, you know, what I found was I have magnetic appeal to people in uniform when I drink. So. <laughs> Consequences happened that were unbelievable here. Fucking unbelievable. I mean, I got run over twice in one night. That's difficult to do. Even if you're intending to do it, you probably wouldn't get in. Twice in one night, the guy hit me, and he didn't know what he hit. He backed up over me. <laughs> Talk about, if you want to call it self-hatred, it was just, there was a deep fucking vindictiveness going on in my little mental world. You know? And the whole thing about AA and 12 steps and hopefully what we do here is hopefully a mental condition will be diminished so that another condition that's available will become obvious to you. It doesn't mean it gets increased, it's already so, but your obviousness isn't there. You're not aware of it. 
So why I believe you're not aware of it is you're looking from a mental condition. So the mental condition, after claiming seeing, turns it into a form of looking, called self-centeredness, yeah? It's always seeing, but you never very rarely recognize it. That's why it says, St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Most people can't get that because the the seeing has been changed or uh, hijacked and turned into a form of looking, yeah? So while you're looking, you never can entertain that that's the seeing, yeah? But it is. The seeing is always available at all times. But not when you're looking. <laughs> That's what drives fucking people crazy. And then they try to get really subtle, and now they're trying to not to look, which is another form of looking. <laughs> when it's always just in the availability of each and every fucking moment. Yeah? Each and every moment, what's happening is seeing. Consciousness is facilitating seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. When I say seeing, I don't mean visually. I mean mind seeing. Yeah? In other words, mind is alive and it's manifesting through these five gates. And every second of every day we're alive and conscious, it's demonstrating to me the true, true, true movement of love, which is in the, when the seeming of problem is arising, the solution is always available. While the selfing is arising, the solution to it is always available, right in what's witnessing the arising of the selfing. Yeah? Right in the basic seeing of it, that's it. And there's nothing you need to do to see, that's it. That's the, that's the nature of what's happening here. The quality of being alive is brought about by consciousness, which is seeing, yeah? So... <coughs> It's like this, it's like, do you ever see uh, at night when the moths are going for the light? Yeah. They're just going crazy out there. And yet, what would be the solution? Get the zappers and stuff like that? Why not just take the light bulb out? Yeah. Then the moths would be set free in a sense. So here we are with this idea of selfie. The mental process is placing you like that light bulb. The light that it's using is just a reflection of consciousness and yet it's drawing all the mental activities, all the ideas, all the beliefs, all the fucking conditionings are flying towards that light. Yeah? Now, we don't, we're having an experience that we don't like that, but we're unwilling to give up being the bulb. Yeah? If the bulb is in place, it's just like the gravitational pull to the moth isn't the moth, it's you. Yeah? It's what the mind is identified as. And the beautiful news, if, if it's you and you're not that you, that's pulling out the light. Yeah? Then what everything that was driving you crazy will expand and leave its orbit. Yeah, Because it's your little planet pole that's holding it in place. Nothing's fucking driving us crazy. Everything is being facilitated to produce the effect of driving us crazy, to reflect the sense of being the you that's being driven crazy. Yeah? That's why a lot of people have trouble giving up the stories, because they are the story. And then, like this, in AA, there's a great, there's a great story about a woman who had a, she got sober and she realized if she didn't give up her resentment, she was going to drink again, and that would be death, in a sense, to her. So she had this resentment towards her mother that she thought for years that she'd do anything to get rid of. But when she got a little clearer in the program, she realized that 
her, that resentment towards her mother was like the golden cow. It was her excuse for all her failed marriages, for her not going to school, for like this. She was not, never going to let go of that resentment. It was, it was being used too much. That was an incredible insight. Yeah, That's the whole point in Buddhism. They use a term called cherishing of self. The mind cherishes what it's making. Yeah, It's cherishing it. The cherishing is being expressed by interest and attention. Yeah? Drawn to it because it believes that it's that. Yeah? Or wants to believe that it's that. If it can be questioned and seen as not that, your interest and attention will withdraw. Yeah? The lens will open up. Yeah? Like this. Like that. What you thought was over here will be seen to be in here. Yeah? And after a while, instead of the attention being on what's being seen, it will go to the what's seen. And there's your freedom. Freedom from what? The bondage of self. Yeah? Once the mind gets it, have faith in mind. Have faith in it. When the conditional mind comes up with its butt, which it will, if you hear it, if you don't listen to it, you're immune to it. Yeah? You stay in the stabilization of what's so. So your lot traveling lighter stabilizes, and it's a nice way to go, you know. Yeah? You'll be amazed what you'll lose interest in. Really? Yeah? As a psychologist with a psychotherapy practice, I work with a lot of people in recovery. This might be an L.A. phenomenon, but it seems to me that the spirituality of the 12 steps is largely lip service, at least the way most people practice it. You know, the 11th step is the forgotten step. Um, it seems to me that uh, the way the 12 steps is uh, being operated these days has become very psychological. There's lots of psychobabble going on. Uh, could you talk about the 12 steps as a spiritual practice, please? I thought I just did again. I don't know. <laughs> well, for me, it's not a really a spiritual practice. What it is, is it, it diminishes a mental condition. Yeah? I don't think you need to have... I think spirit's fine in and of itself. I don't think you need a spiritual practice, really. I would just question the mental condition. When the mental condition diminishes, then that spirituality, quote-unquote, that you're trying to get as a mental condition will be seen to be obviously so. Yeah? To me, that's the real spirituality of the 12 steps. You know? Yeah. See, for me, the 12 steps, the important thing was that they, it diminished my mental condition. That's what happened. There was a very, very, my, my life was totally dictated by a mental interpretation. Yeah? I felt like I was in an aquarium my whole life, like with a big, thick glass. Either I was, in, as I was playing the role of the fish or I was on the other side, always observing. Yes? What happened is with the steps, it diminished that condition, and then the spiritual condition that was already there became obvious to me or to my mind. Yeah? And that was the clincher. Once the emphasis shifted enough from the mental condition, the spiritual condition maintains itself. Yeah. 
Like it says in our program, the daily relief is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Well, I believe if you are spirit, that's the highest form of maintenance. Yeah? If you're practicing it as a mental condition, trying to practice a spiritual thing, right? To sort of infuse the mental condition with spirituality, to me that's baloney. I'd much rather see I'm not the mental condition, the center of it, which is the idea of being a self, and therefore what's so reveals itself, yeah? I don't get to what's so by thinking about what's so. I get to what's so by realizing what's not so. Yeah? I don't have to get to what's so. It's the real, realization of what's not so, that's what's so. Yeah? It's the seeing of what's not so, that's it. There's nothing more I need to do after that. Yeah? See, if you're looking, there'll be hundreds of, hundreds of forms of things you need to do. But when you're seeing, when you did, the seeing becomes obvious, that's the end of it. Yeah. Like someone once asked me, why, why aren't you swinging, swimming around in the depths of the ocean? I said, this is the depths of the ocean, sitting right here. This is more than enough, yeah? It's as bright as it's ever going to be right now. Yeah. This is the moment that I was looking for. Yeah. This was the past moment I, I built altars around. This is it. Dog shit awareness. Yeah. On this incessantly on. It has a big impact, I felt, and at least with me. I was looking as it as a goal. I didn't realize what was looking for it was the problem. So every goal it went for was already destined to fail. Because as soon as I arrive at a place, it's sort of like this thing I used to use, the here and there thing. So here I am in my little room, and uh, I have a really nice apartment, everything's fine. I'm enjoying myself, and I'm looking at a magazine, they have a nice, beautiful layout, color layout of a couch. And I look at that couch, I go, man... And I realized my apartment's couchless, you know? Fuck, I don't have a couch. I'm thinking, wow, it'd be great to have a couch, you know? And I bet you I'd meet a girl and conceive of my first child on the couch. And then I start thinking about all my friends who have couches. Why haven't they told me how important it is to have a couch? (laughs) And now I get on this movement. I want a couch. You know, fine and dandy. So now the here that was fine a second ago is now invalidated. Because I have this little mythical there I want to get to. Yeah? The couch is just an example. You can fill in anything you want. So now there's the movement from here, as here, but the emphasis on there. (laughs) Every movement I'm in is here. And so every movement here, 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 to get to that mythical there. As soon as I arrive at the mythical there, it's a here. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I get the couch, maybe I get off on it for five minutes. Then I go. I need a rug to match the couch. So now it's another there, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And what's really happening is this here is being invalidated. Every movement to the mythical there is actually clothed. It's clothing an invalidation of the here. Your mind is saying no. By saying yes to that which isn't happening, it's saying no to what's happening. Yeah. If you're here saying, I can't, I gotta get to that next retreat, you're basically saying no to the life's invitation. 
And how and you expect that you're gonna when it suits you and it looks like you think it's supposed to look like, you'll be able to embrace it. I tell you you won't. Life's been it's like when I was a let's say I had to just drive for approval, but I wanted it in a special way, like a five foot ten blonde, yeah? So here comes life knocking on the door. Hey, I've got a big order of approval for Paul Hedeman. I look I don't shouldn't I don't like the package. No, no, no. So I was saying no to everything I was looking for because I was looking for it in a certain way. Yeah. If I had a sword, I'd cut my head off first than everyone else's in this room. A mythical head. I'd just go, sorry, you know. Sometimes it gets to be that point. It's like everyone, oh, I really liked what, I really liked the feeling I'm having now, but what's going to happen when I go to work again? You see, the whole world starts after the word but. Everything starts there. Everything is fine, but, and then it goes. Yeah. How am I to just let it be the way it is? Do you feel quite all right now? Far out. Yeah. What more do you fucking want? <laughs> well, I should, I wanted to stabilize. Well, f- wait and see. Just enjoy it now. But I want to enjoy it in a stabilized form. <laughs> With selfing, selfing is always the predominant thing. So when you want to know God as a self, then you want to become a knower of God. Yeah? The emphasis is on the knower of God, not God. And look, Ramana Maharshi says it beautifully. He says, to know God is to be God. That's a different ballgame. In the mental interpretation of life, to know God is to be a knower of God. Yeah? The emphasis is still on you. But what he says is much quicker. To know God is to be God. And there's this great master, Dogen, a Japanese Zen master, that says, the study of Buddhism is the study of self. To study the self is to forget the self. Exactly. When you study the self, you will realize or maybe entertain it's not you, and that's when your interest and attention will dismiss from it and will be called a forgetting it. You will forget it, yeah? You don't have to kill it. You don't have to beat it. You don't have to be vigilant around it. You forget it. You lose interest in it. So to study the self is to forget the self, yeah? To study God is to know God. Yeah? And therefore becoming a knower of God. That's not forgetting the self at all. But to study the self is to forget the self. That's the beauty of it. Yeah? Because if it, it all distills into I'm not that. And if it's not about you, your mind will lose interest in it. I'm, ser- I'm serious. I've seen it. Yeah? then you come back next year, you'll probably feel a lot lighter. Probably you won't come back. (laughs) And you won't be thinking you missed anything. (laughs) That's what happened when I first started. I started to entertain this idea. And then people would call me up. Oh, you missed a great teacher. He was in town. And I didn't miss him. <laughs> I realized I was in the exact same state when I before I went there, while I was there, when I left. 
the primary state isn't interrupted or influenced or fucking increased or decreased at all. It's always available at all times, right where you are, right how you seem to be. If it's not that, it's not worth the, the term of the solution, is it? If it's not applicable at every moment of every time in your life, then is it a solution? Or is it a problem? I'd say it's a problem. In a sense, you become irrelevant, and that's the greatest news of all. Not meaning irrelevant, you become irrelevant as the doer and shaker. It's not because of you that everything is bright. (laughs) <laughs> you'd like it to be but it's not the truth so yeah. any more questions yes another one that's it that's your quota questions Is it possible for me to prefer waking up every day in Hawaii, or does that mean I'm asleep? <laughs> why, 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 why do preferences uh, imply that there's one who has them? Why can't they just be preferences? Why does the logic of mind always take everything and make it into something? So if a preference appears, there must be someone who had the preference. And then all the opinions about what is someone who has a preference, what is he really like spiritually if he had a... You know what I mean? And then selfing just riffs, doesn't it? Once the claiming occurs, once the selfing claims, it just multiplies. It just spawns more of itself, yeah? Fuck, you'd be crazy if you didn't want to be in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I have a preference. I have a preference that I'd, I'd be surfing in California right now. But the fact is I'm here. And the fact is undeniable. Yeah? And so it's an easy thing to relent to because it's undeniable. I'm here. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I know... What's not happening? Anything can happen, and what's not happening? Anything, anything can you? Anything your mind can imagine can seem to be happening, and what's not happening? But there is something called what's happening, and it does have a one quality: what's not happening doesn't have, which is it's happening. <laughs> but this one quality, this one quality, can produce an immunity to all all the possibilities in what's not happening. The one recognition of this one quality that it's happening is a foolproof immunity to all the effects of what's not happening. I swear. The recognition that this is happening is the foolproof, foolproof immunity to all of what's not happening. Yeah? If you don't know what here is, you'll mistake there to be here. You'll take every fucking mental there that is presented, and you'll think it's here. And if you take all those theirs and think it's here, you're going to have probably an addiction to get out of here. Yeah? But the here you're trying to get out of is a mental here, all made up of there and then. 
And the real solution is this here, the manifested here. And this is the last place an addict looks. The, the place he wants to get out of is this here, but it's not this here he wants to get out of. It's this here he wants to get out of. And this here is there and then. There's not a fucking moment in the mental realm. It's all infected with time. It's always about yesterday and tomorrow. And you damn well want to get out of that. Yeah? But if you can just sense a simple quality, this is happening. Yeah? Like that, the guy with the overall said, this is an obvious thing. This is happening. That's more than enough to give you an immunity to what's not happening. And if you don't believe those that false evidence, if you don't believe it can only appear real to you, it can't appear real, it needs you to trigger the sense of its reality. Yes? You're the active participant in this dream. So there's false evidence happening. Oh, I'm going to have cancer three weeks from now. Yeah, that's false evidence basically right now but it appears real how can it appear real if it's false it can appear real to you because this place is all seemingly so everything appears to be true or false to us we give everything all the meaning it has everything appears to be true or false to us one day if I'm in bad condition something's a big problem the next day I'm in good condition it's not a problem the next day I'm again in bad condition it's a problem what is it is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It appears to be a problem or not a problem to me. You play a huge role here. This is the true responsibility. The true responsibility is we're the dreaming of this dream. We're not the dreamer of it. We're the dreaming of it. Yeah, We're the dreaming of it. Right now, everyone here is having what you call a subjective experience. Everyone has a different meaning. We have the basic meaning. This is a T, but everyone's having different recollections of this T. Oh, I sure wish I had that T. Yeah? Everyone is provoking an experience based on a peculiar point of view. Yeah? Now, if you had, if you've been force-fed self-centeredness, the sense of okayness is shot up in time. It's never about being okay now. I was or I will be okay. You know? Okay, it can't be a timeless solution. I'm going to use time and I'm going to work really hard and produce the effect. Yes? It can't think outside of its own box. Self can't get out of self. But what would happen if mine was unfettered from that obsession with self? Find out. Find out what possibilities it can entertain. Yeah? When, it, and when you have a quote-unquote download, one of the major qualities of it, it is of a timeless place. There's no fucking time in it whatsoever. Yeah? That intimates something to you. It intimates something to the mind. The mind mimics what it's reflecting. Yeah? If it's reflecting selfing, you're going to be agitated. Your whole life is going to be based on fears and prejudices and biases and hopes and stuff like that and the, and what's actually so will be right underneath your nose like they say it's an open secret yeah? how could be someone thing be a secret if it was open it's an open secret it's a gateless gate how why do you want to keep paying tolls at a gateless gate why do you want to keep having fulfill requirements to move through a gateless gate you're the toll booth operator you're the one who sees the gate it's a gateless gate yes and I can't change the way I see. Hallelujah. I just admit about what's seeing and what's not seeing. And I'm not that which I can see. 
Yeah? I'm not all those, all the minds, all the things, every seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching that's been claimed to point to the one who was seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? That cannot possibly be so. That's a giant imaginary gulf it can never cross. And right in that gulf, if it's not allowed to make this huge assumption, that's the pause. That's the peace. That's the that's like the sweet spot, so to speak. And the pause is not of time, so it may look like it's a second, but it can go on endlessly. Yeah. So I'm not, first of all, I'm not a teacher. I'm an inviter. Yeah? I'm an inviter. I, I wouldn't, the only thing you can teach is about what you're not. You can't teach about what you are. You can teach about what you're not. Every quote-unquote non-duality teacher should be a duality teacher. They should be teaching about duality so that you'll realize that non-duality is a negation. It's not anything else. It's not two. Yeah? It's not saying it's one. It's just saying not two. Yeah? So if anyone who's worth his salt as a teacher is a teacher of duality, so that duality can be stilled into not two. There isn't a duality. It's just an appearance. It's how mind is dreaming here. Yeah? So I'm humbly just an inviter. And like, in a way, you've been served like a spiritual subpoena. <laughs> My job is over. I'm like a mailman. I don't want you to follow me home. <laughs> I just drop the letter and then I go home and do what I'm doing. Because you know? I have faith in you. I have faith in the mind. All I needed was, all you need is an ent- a possibility maybe. All you need, the mind can entertain. It's unbelievable what it can entertain. Yes? If in selfing, it will entertain that one of my legs is shorter than the other for hours. Yes? Can you imagine if you released it from that bondage and let it entertain its own nature? What would it, would it ever get bored if it was seeing into infinity? Where its seeing never touched upon an object, it would just be infinitely seeing? Infinite awareness, just streaming. Yes? Where would it be bored? Where would we, where would it get where would it get old to it? You ever see kid, you ever see when that guy has a Labrador, brings it to the beach, throws that ball? Yeah? That dog's happy as hell, right? The eightieth time he throws it, it's still happy. The guy's arms falling off, the dog still wants to do it. Or you see a little kid, a little kid comes around the corner, you go, boo, and the kid laughs, and you do it like twenty times. What about us? Oh, I've seen that before. <laughs> I'm bored already. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yes, look at the insanity of that mind. That the mind has gotten... The conditional mind is... And it suffers in boredom, incredibly. And yet its own nature is infinitely enthusiastic, you know? Infinite seeing. But our seeing is a form of looking, and it's blind to the seeing. It's blind to it. And yet we're crawling around, picking up old books and old... Hence, it's so like being in this room. If everyone, if someone turned the lights off, a lot of problems would ensue, don't you think? If I wanted to get up, I'd run into Luke. 
and I'd have, and he'd get pissed off and get a resentment. Or I'd hit my leg against the chair and I hurt my knee. And I'd I'd have to go to the bathroom. I don't know where the bathroom is. I'd have to piss in the office and you know, be covered by the dark. And then so some people start they start getting maps where they thought the the bathroom was once, and they start selling it to us. Oh, I know where the bath. I saw it once in the light one day. All right, five bucks. All right, I'll buy it. Where I fucking will do anything because we can't see. Yeah. And we get, you know, knee pads so we don't hurt our legs anymore. And I have a preemptive apology. If I bumped into you, please, I didn't mean it, I can't see. Instead of just fucking turning on the lights. Once the light is on, what was a problem that seems so real isn't. Yeah? Because all the problems are based on one fundamental condition, the darkness. When that one condition is relieved, all the conditions that it produced get relieved. Sometimes quickly or slowly, but it's inevitable. Yes? It's like here, in selfing, in AA we talk about the sunlight of the spirit. So let's say the sunlight of the spirit is the sun out there, and I'm in this room. Let's say this room is selfing. This is where my mind seems to be. In this room, I feel like I'm separate from my what I need the most, which is the sunlight of the spirit. And it takes only a five-cent paper shade to block it off, Right? because of the structure of my mind. I'm in here, it's out there. So I'm dying for the sun, but it's all up to me to re- release that shade, which is playing fucking God, right? Selfing plays God. It's all up to me. If I don't do this, it's not going to happen. If I do something else, it won't happen. It's all emphasizing you, 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 you. Very little on God. What would happen if your mind could entertain you're not that which is sitting in the room, that you're on the side of the light, you would see the window, and you would see the shade, but the shade would have no power to stop you from the light. It would have no power. It's all seemingly so, based on your position. You're looking at the window from the wrong place, in a way. And so it appears that that five-cent shade can block you off from the sunlight of the Spirit. What would happen if you were on the other side? You would see everything just like you see it. You'd see the shade, but it would have no ability to stop you from the light. Yeah, none. Here you're a beggar. Here you, and it's all you're begging you. All right, Paul, practice really hard. Maybe you'll get a little glimpse, or you punch a little hole in the shade, and you get a little light. But it's all about you. But if you, it's just like this thing. You could use the sky. There's the clouds. The clouds could stop you from getting a suntan, right? You want to get hit by the light. You've got all the oil and you've got this short bathing suit. It's a sunny day. But one fucking cloud stops it. Ah, shit. Yeah? What would happen if you were on the other side? You'd see the clouds, but they couldn't stop you from the light. Yeah? What is it? It's one position of mind to another position of mind. It's not like leaving the one position to get to the other position. It's just questioning the one position. If it's not truly a position, you're on the side of the light. You may not have the heroic, noble, spiritual journey story, but you'll be fucking much happier because your happiness will stabilize. 
It won't look like fireworks. It's just like in AA. After a while, your attitude gets infused with gratitude. You don't have those peak experiences when you are really ungrateful and then you have an experience that you're really grateful. It's a high. It's like a drug. I don't have them anymore. But my attitude's infused with gratitude. But I don't have experiences of great gratitude because I'm in a state of gratitude. Yeah. I'd rather go for the state than the experience level any day. Because the state frames the experience level. Yeah. If you're in the state of self-centeredness, all your experiences are framed by that. Every one of them is being interpreted from that frame. Every one of the mental states that arises, those experiential mental states, is framed by self-centeredness. If you question the frame, new mental states arise. Yeah. New experiences happen. New things occur. You see where you didn't see before. Yeah. I don't even think there's there's no need for a shift. Just entertain that there wasn't one to begin with. <laughs> you don't have the power to shift out of what you are. The mind would like to think it does. The mind would like to... See, the ego is so arrogant of the self that it thinks everything would be great if it was absent. Yeah? It can be fine. Let it be what it is. It's, it can't block off the sun. It can only act like the sun. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yes? You mentioned uh, something about studying the self. Yes. Releases you from the self. No, studying the self uh, leads to forgetting the self. Yeah. Um, it, I, when you said that, I wasn't sure what that meant. Is that like self inquiry? Is that what you yourself? Well, find out for yourself. Self inquiry is a good way to go. Okay. I don't see, for me, studying the self is I just learn about, let's say, all the pointing, but there's nothing that's being pointed to. Yeah? I learn about all the claiming, but there's no one who's claiming at all. Yeah? Like my mental, the, the mental process called selfing claims. That's one of its biggest movements. So it, it claims consciousness, and now it's you that's conscious, yeah? It claims thoughts as I'm the thinker. It claims feelings as I'm the feeler. It claims. It doesn't have life on its own, so it claims one, yeah, in a sense. So when you notice that, when you see that, something occurs that it's not you, yeah? So you're not, all those actions that dem- that point to that there's a you, those actions are used now to see that it doesn't lead to a you. There's just actions. There's just claiming. Yeah? There's just claiming. There's no self-claiming anything. There's just claiming. Yeah? This is all the way it worked for me. You know, Maybe other people, they move towards the light. For me, I just recognized uh, something, you know. And I've, it just worked for me better. I didn't, it didn't, like, that's why we have those Zen bitch slap, you know? Because the other websites are like the Eternal Present and the Beautiful Oneness. And I just was so fucking sick of that shit. It didn't work for me. It didn't. It drove me more crazy because what would you do if you thought this was the case and you didn't seem to be in that case? Who's going to be to blame? You are, right? It's going to have something to do with you while you're not in the Eternal Oneness. I'd much rather question that who thinks it is, is out of the, the eternal oneness, and then maybe it will be the sense of eternal oneness. Yeah? But it's not like you go to the eternal oneness. You see you're not there, and that's the eternal oneness. It 
just it wears better for me. Yeah. Other people have a different approach, but I don't. I didn't. And this isn't something I came up with. It's just how it's downloaded over time. This is how I look at it. So I pass it on. If I, if I, that's why I don't like going here. Other people like today it was all right, but I don't want to listen to anybody else because I don't want to have anything. I don't want to take anything from what they say because I'd just rather have this download, you know, in and of itself, no matter how it comes through, because it's not. The product, it's the conveyance of the product. It's the energy behind this, the product. It's the sharing of it. Not what's being shared, but the sharing to me is the message. Yeah, That's the aliveness of mind. So. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, we covered the self-help books. Not, not a good idea. But the action that you did recommend was go help somebody. Yeah. Um, and I guess that plays directly into the selfless kind of a deal. Is that the, is that the, the idea behind that? And the other thing you made me think of, you keep hitting on, is it is by self-forgetting that one finds yes. that line as they pray to prayer. Yes, yeah. Well, for me, out of recovery, service is a main facet of recovery because of the extreme obsession with self alcoholic minds are in. One of the easiest way to get us like a free sample of what it would be like to be out of self is by serving someone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a it's a tried and true method. I would use it quite a lot because a lot of times when you're pouring over to how you're going to get something, it's just a form of obsessing as self, don't you? Think? Yeah. This isn't like a concentrated attention. To me, it's diffused. It's diffused, yeah? It's not concentrated. It's not focused. It's opened. It's more like an op- a wide-open panoramic view instead of a, f- a focused view. Yeah? So it's, it's, like they say, a relaxed awareness. I like that a lot more. So I'm not a big practitioner of vigilance or concentration or anything. I think uh, when I was a little kid, I wasn't in an abusive situation. I, not one moment when I was a little kid did I think I had to go on a retreat or anything. You know? Not one moment did I think I could be anywhere other than where I was. My mind hadn't entertained those impossibilities yet. <laughs> Which I think they are. And I didn't, you know, the whole idea that you could be somewhere other than you are is a total unbelievable. To <laughs> me, that just blows my mind. <laughs> that you can actually think you could be somewhere else than here. <laughs> but these things, they become obvious, like red and red and blue is blue. You know, you start seeing things clearly. And, uh, and they translate as... They're workable, like where the rubber hits the road. You travel lighter. It doesn't mean the geography of your life is going to change, but you'll travel lighter over it. Yeah? I don't know what's in store for me as an action figure or you, but you'll travel lighter over whatever life has in store for you. That, to me, is nice. Yeah? That, to me, is worthy of the term solution. In sense. Yeah. Yes, the sort of um, You use the term dog shit awareness. Which I think the context was like everyday awareness is it is what yeah is the it's not a transcendental awareness it's not a it's just basically what you're using at every moment that lights up the your experience or something like that. yeah you're not using it but yeah 
what is happening. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't transcend an imaginary place, first of all. If this place is all based on seemingly so, it's appearing to be true or false to you, you can't transcend that. The best way, in a sense, you can transcend it is being here. <laughs> you would think it would be the other way. Let's get out of here. But I'll tell you, I'd match my, my devotion to drugs with any devotee in spiritual history. The, Han, you know, the monkey guy, Hanuman. I put mine up. I, I gave up everything for drugs. You know, for that relief. I gave up everything of yours if I could get it for that relief. <laughs> I prostituted myself in many, many, most, a lot of situations. I loved it. I mean, I was devoted to cocaine, shooting coke. I mean, devoted to it. It was like a religion to me. It was like a spiritual thing to me. And all like that. And I'll tell you, if drugs could transcend this place, I would have transcended. But you can't transcend an imaginary place can't transcend it. Anywhere you transcend from here to is also an imaginary place. <laughs> so, the real transcendence is being here. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. I know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't sit, seem so good. And all the hope sort of shrivels up like a raisin. All your hope of... Oh, no. When I surrender, like in AA, you know, you think about surrender. I'm on a cliff, and my wind, the hair, wind's blowing through my hair, and I'm, oh, I, I'm giving up all the like gold and jewelry I'm throwing. You know, I'm surrendering it all. What they say in AA? Oh, you're gonna surrender? Go home and do an inventory. What? Oh yeah, write. Go home and write about what you did. What? That's not how I view surrender. Yeah, that's why it fucking works. It's not your solution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't believe in transcendence. I don't. So, when you say this is an imaginary place, you mean it's a mental, you live in a mentally constructed world of values and reactions and conditioning. Well, I'm more interested in what you think it means. So, it's an imaginary place. And you just said it, so that's good. Use that understanding. See where it leads you. If you use it, if it's if you if your if your house is on fire and you need a pail of water and you start thinking this is an imaginary place, it's not going to probably work. Yeah, you need to get the pail of water. But when you're in the point of traveling light, and you can see, like I love this statement, one of my favorite statements. I think I just used it with the course, which is, "You and I are the dreamer of the dream, and we forgot that we were dreaming the dream, and we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us." That's the situation. Here. Yeah. We're the dreamer of this dream. We forgot we're dreaming this place. We've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. Yeah, It's sort of like if you were in a dream and there was a tiger in the dream, that tiger would probably scare the hell out of you. Yeah, And you could try to use all the philosophies in the world and read self-help books, how to live with a tiger, you know, and how to be nice to a tiger, how to get on the right side of the tiger, like this. But basically there would be a suspicious or a, a strong feeling of anxiety, yeah? So, why not, but the whole reason, but if you woke up, in a sense, if you if you weren't the dreamt object, then the dreamt tiger wouldn't scare you, yeah? It's because that you are taking yourself to be the dreamt object, which is appearing to be true, not so, then the dream tiger now has the power to scare the living bejesus out of you. So, to me, when I hear statements that are principles, and then they just 
expand. I love that, you know? And it happened a lot to me with the Course of Miracles. When I heard that you and I give everything all the meaning it has, that hit me like a ton of bricks and it explained my whole freaking life here. Yeah, since I was a kid. I saw it intimately. It it was like I already knew it intimately, but I didn't know it until I heard it. Yeah, but I already knew it intimately. I knew that my mind was giving everything the meaning it had, but I knew it intimately, but I didn't know it. And then I heard it from the Course in Miracles, and then I knew it. And the same thing with a lot of the statements in there. And the same thing with knowing God is being God, and what's looking is what you're looking for. All these very succinct little statements are just trying to save us time. Yeah? And then, in a way, most of you are in a lifestyle. This isn't another lifestyle. This will illuminate whatever lifestyle you're in. Yeah? If you're in SIG or if you're doing this or you're doing that, the entertaining I'm not that will illuminate whatever path you're in. If you're a business person, if you're a sports person, if you're a slacker, whatever it is, it's it's not a way to the light. It is the light. Yeah? It is the light. You're activating the immediacy that you are the light. So there's no need for artificial flashlights in this world. You are the bringer of the light. Yeah? So whatever path, for me it's AA. AA is my tribe. You know, I was in a living hell, and that's the bus that took me out of hell. I have a lot of I have a lot of appreciation for that, and I honor it quite a lot. And I really feel an affinity to people who've been taken over by the same parasite that took over this apparatus. Yeah. I have a lot of strong affinity to that. And so I like to participate with them. This just was an aftershoot doing these talks. My whole my whole thrust was to bring this I, this possibility into my my uh, com, in, into my community because I didn't find it was there either. Yeah, I could have left, but that's not how what the scene on it went. I stayed in AA and I go to more AA meetings than I ever did. Yeah, and I participate with sponsees not because I'm doing anything. It's that's my scene assignment. It's like the living of it. Yeah. I mean, I have an intimate sense. I felt like I've seen the beast from head to toe. I saw it, you know. And all of it distilled into, I'm not that. That which it can only appear to point to, that it can only assume, that it can only imply, it can never bring about. It lets the mind do the rest. The mental process just implies, assumes, points at, and then the mind makes the leap. I am that. I am the subject, I am the doer, I am the chooser, I am the haver. This is mine, I can own this, I can do this, I will lose this. There's time. All of that triggers and geometrically progresses from the one premise that I'm the noun. Yeah? So why not go back and see if that's true? If you're not the noun, instead of life happening to you, you may see life's happening. And it may work better for you. Yeah. Um, does, um, does commitment apply at all to it, or does does that still involve a, a noun? No, make a commitment. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. 
course, the selfing is going to say there's you making the commitment, but let the commitment made. I was, when I realized how fucked I was, I made a commitment to recovery. I did. I couldn't let it be on the level of feeling because it wouldn't have stabilized. I had to say, I can't just do this when I feel like it because I'm fucked. So it was a very sobering event. I became commit. I made a commitment to recovery. Yeah, it doesn't, and the willingness doesn't have to look enthusiastic. It's just willing. Yeah. This idea that why is it that there has to be a, a someone to have a commitment? Can't there just be mind's commitment? Why is it always having to be a you that committed? Yeah. You don't see that as the interpretation? Mind commits. Mind does things here. Mind goes in one direction and not another. One, one, mind goes this way and go, doesn't go that way. Why is it that we start thinking, oh, I can't, there's no one that's going? Yeah, but it's still going that way. But there was never a one that was going. So when this, why can't people say, oh, there's preferences? No. Preferences happen here. Yeah, commitments happen here. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just think we miss the forest from the trees. I think we get stuck in a like a bite of Pharisees. Yeah. We get. We want to get the words perfect, but we miss the message. We miss the spirit of it. Yeah. This is a this is a subjective language used by objects. You want to start a whole new language? Great. Try it. But in, in, if not, don't get bound by having to say things perfectly. It's the message, you know. It's the it's the living of the of the energy, not being right and being clear verbally or semantically. Yeah. I used to, one time I did a talk for a, a, a website, so I went to see what they were like after I did the talk, and they had commentaries about everything that was ever said, like two hundred commentaries, and it was like non-dual dueling. It was like people, but you said I. You used the word me. I said, fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? You missed the whole enchilada. But he said I. He mustn't be clear. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> They're like sphincter muscles are closed. <laughs> There's no one to take a shit, so there shouldn't be any shit taken. <laughs> oh, how's that going to work? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Listen, we have a rule sixty-two in recovery. I think it applies to everyone. Please don't take yourself so seriously. And the, the most serious you can take yourself is thinking you are serious. I'm telling you. I mean, people talk about obsession, and it's pretty crazy. But identification is so far beyond obsession. Yeah, it's like that that lady who, who wants to be like the movie star, the starlet. So she starts dressing like her, starts going to the same places, tries tries to date the same people, and when it's not working out, she kills them all. And then she wants to kill her and become her. And you go, man, that was fucking crazy. We're past that point. <laughs> we're identified already. We're 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 totally up the we're we're the action figure for all sense and purposes. Yeah, we're way past obsession. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and if this is you truly, you're going to want to work on it forever. <laughs> They're going to find fault in it every fucking day, aren't you? There's always going to be someone clearer than you, or better, or this, or worse, or whatever. Yeah? This is always going to be like an urban renewal project. <laughs> Never, the, the budget will just keep going, sucking all your interest and attention. And nothing, everything gets built will be unbuilt, and that's fucking crazy. But I'll tell you, if it ain't you, you'll, you'll call off the construction site. I swear to God, the building will stop. And you'll use that interest attention and spend it better in a different way. And maybe you'll just appreciate the empty space that was there instead of all the mental buildings you wanted to put on it. Yeah? Maybe you can get the sense of what you truly are, which is no thingness. But remember, when the mind meets no thing, it makes it something. When the conditional mind... And that's not the message. No thing is great because no thing is the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing. Yeah? Nothing is never ending. What can come out of nothing is forever. It's never ending. And we've all had plenty of something, right? And what did it add up to? Nothing. Why not start with nothing? That's all I'm, you know. You're going to end up there anyway. With all your somethings, you're going to have to give up and it's going to end up, hey, Nothing. Nothing was the gift that kept on giving. Nothing. I can't believe it. So. You're going to suck out the last 15 minutes, aren't you? Yeah. All right. All right. Any more questions? All right. I'll use one. I'm, I'm trying to remember some of my golden oldies here. Um, <laughs> Okay, so but the, I like this one about the telescope. So there's the telescope. And the telescope facilitates the scientists to see the stars, right? Now, if you looked at them from afar, if you looked at the event, the stars aren't any closer than they were. They just appear to be closer when he looks through the, te- the telescope, right? The lenses produce a seemingly closeness to the stars. It's not actually so. If you see it from another place, the stars haven't moved closer to the telescope, have they? No. The telescope just facilitates a, diff- a certain kind of scene. All right? So now the, the scientist walks away, and now I, is the telescope seeing the stars? It facilitates seeing the stars, but does it see the stars? So what does it do? When it claims to be the sea of the stars, it can ju- all it does is remember what it thinks the stars look like. That's what selfing is. Yeah? Selfing is remembering you. Every time my mind goes back into the past, the only way, reason my interest and attention can go that far back, because none of you would go there, is because there's a little fixed reference point called me, represented as a body. My thoughts will go there with my interest and attention, and I will think about myself at some other time to remember myself now. That's all it is. The whole activity of selfing is to remember self. To remember being a self. It can't do it now, so it uses now to remember there and then. Future thinking is remembering you. It is. When, you worry, when you're worrying about what's going to happen to you in the future, that's remembering you. When you think about you in the past, that's remembering you. It's not only in the past, it's both. All of the mental realm is being used to remember a you. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a habit. It's an appearance. It can never become that thing that's being remembered. That's the solution. 
It can never become, it will never come to pass that it is what it's remembering. It can only remember. So it keeps remembering, so the appearance seems to be so. Yeah? It's sort of like if you had an illusion on the wall, you'd have to keep it projected. If you stop the projection, you would see. Yeah? So, but as long as you keep the projection, it can appear to be solid. So the self thing is, is an activity that has to keep on actively going on. It's constantly agitated, yeah, to produce a sense of self. And it does that by remembering you through the thought system. Yeah. When you get established here, that gets neutered. Because you're not interested in what's not happening, so you're not being remembered as much. Yeah? So the possibility of forgetting the self gets much more stronger when you're here than if you're still in there and then. Yeah? Because there and then is all about remembering self. So it's very going to be very difficult to get out of it. Even trying to forget it is remembering self. But here, in this moment, yes, in this moment, there isn't, there is conscious contact, that is the raw activity going on, yes, there is no remembrance of self now. It has to be thought about. Yeah? It has to be referred to. It has to be assumed. It has to be implied. That's an activity. Something is there prior to the activity. What we are is not of self. That's the whole thing about quote-unquote being here now, because if you at least land here, you can, the, the remembrance of you is what I, we were talking about, the forgetting of self, is when there's a lack of remembrance of self, yeah? Then the state is a forgetfulness of self, and that's freedom from the bondage of self, yeah? So when you remember the self having a great moment, What's it actually doing? It's driving you crazy, isn't it? If you had a, like a, an epiphany, man, you have an epiphany, and there's there's no remembrance of self. Let's say for a period of time, yeah, you're so into this, what's going on? There's no remembering you. It's fucking a nice situation, yeah. Then the thought system comes up and claims it and goes, oh, I'm, I just had this incredible experience. Now, as soon as it claims the experience or the state of, a, of an epiphany, it remembers itself. Yeah? It uses the epiphany now to remember itself. So what it does is it remembers what it was like before the epiphany, and now it remembers after the epiphany. Yes? The emphasis, the emphasis is left, it leaves the epiphany and goes back to you again. Watch it, see it. If you see the heist, the heist night may not occur. Yeah? If you see it while it's happening, it may not occur. Yeah. It's all based on you. Everything's going to appear to be true or false to you. You know, there is no remembering of conscious contact. You sense conscious contact, yeah? 
You don't sense it in a past, you don't sense it in a future. You sense it right now in the activity of consciousness and contact. You sense it. You're you're living on the pulse of being, yeah? You're picking up the fucking pulse of life. And you demonstrate that. You're alive, you're awake, you're conscious, yeah? The head wants to bring you back into the time so it can remember itself. Once you stop believing its statements, you're back in there, selfing arises. Now you're in the room, the five cent shade seems to have the power to block out the sunlight. Yeah? Any more questions? Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you.